You're listening to the Make It British podcast. I'm Kate Hills, and I'm on a one-woman mission to save UK manufacturing. In 2008, I gave up my 20-year career as a fashion buyer because I was disillusioned with how much was being sourced overseas, and I set out to uncover some of the amazing businesses that are still making in the UK. Since founding Make It British, I've discovered that there is not only still tons of manufacturing taking place in Britain, but that it's a thriving industry. I invite you to join me each week when I'll be chatting to inspiring British-made brands and UK manufacturers and offering advice to product-based businesses that make in the UK. So with no further ado, let's get on with the show. Hello and welcome to episode number 287 of the Make It British podcast. So today I'm going to talk to you about selling and sales, which is not my usual topic, but it is very closely linked to product development. And I'm going to explain to you why. Because what I've noticed is a lot of creative businesses say that they aren't any good at selling. And I think part of the problem with that is that particularly in the UK, The idea of selling sounds really kind of icky and you think used car salesman or someone trying to sell you something that you really don't want. You know, when you think of a used car salesman, you think they're trying to flog a car, they'd sell their grandmother and it'll be something that you'll be overcharged for that you really don't want or need. And that is very much true. That sort of selling is vile. The person that's bought the item comes away feeling like they've been cheated, they've been robbed, they've wasted their money. And that has led many people to think, I don't want to do selling. I don't like doing selling. I'm not good at selling because they think that is the way that you do sales. And then what I see happen and what I see a lot is creative small businesses that are making products, what they do when they think they're no good at selling and they're not making enough sales, the natural thing is to either lower your price because you start to lose confidence. So you think, okay, well, if I drop my price, I might have more chance of selling, which is definitely not what you should be doing. Or they think there's something wrong with my product. I know what, I need to go and develop more products because those new ones might be easier to sell. Again, that's totally the wrong thing to do. Both of those are going to cost you more money and really eat into your profits, which means you'll lose more confidence and you'll still think that you're really bad at selling. So I'm here today to tell you what the answer actually is. And once you look at it this way, it's much easier to get confidence about actually selling your product because it doesn't feel like selling at all. So this is how I want you to look at it. You need to understand that your product is solving a problem for someone. Your product is the solution. So actually what you're doing is selling them the solution to their problem. The greater that problem is, the more they need a solution for it and the more happy they are to hand over their money to you because you're solving their problem. So it's a fair exchange. They give you money in exchange for you giving them a product that solves their problem. And the easiest products to sell are those where the founder has discovered a problem and sets out to create a product that solves that problem right from the get-go. So let me give you an example. One of the clients I work with, Rosie McPherson, 
launched an innovative car dog seat. Now, she came up with the idea for that dog seat because when she was traveling with her small dog, Winnie, in her car, she realized that the car seats that were available on the market did not attach to the back seat of the car. So they were wiggling around, making it feel unsafe. They didn't look very comfortable. Winnie, of course, wanted to ride, like most small dogs do, in utter comfort. And they just weren't very stylish. So she set out to develop a car seat which attached to the Isofix on the back seat of the car, which was totally revolutionary at the time, which was padded and comfortable and soft, and also elevated small dogs in particular up in their car seat so they can look out the window because a lot of dogs, when they're sitting on the back seat in the car, if they're small, can get car sick. So it was the ultimate safe and luxurious car dog seat for small dogs like her dog Winnie. So then because she then had the solution for other dog owners who were in a similar position and had the same problem as her, she had no problem whatsoever selling the car seat as soon as it launched. In fact, in just under a year, she's already sold a thousand of her Where's Winnie luxurious dog car seats whilst also having a baby and working full time. And her car seat is by no means cheap. It's a quality luxurious product. It retails for £150. But because she was selling a solution to her ideal customer's problem, she found it really easy to sell that car seat. In fact, I interviewed Rosie on this podcast, episode number 223. So I'll put the link in the show notes of the podcast so you can go back and listen to that episode if you want to. Another example of someone that I've worked with who's also launched a product that solves a problem is my client Paige Hamilton, who has just launched her business, Body PH. So Body PH provides a solution to large busted women who find they get under bus sweat. Paige herself had already encountered this problem and saw that there was nothing else on the market that provided a solution. So she set out to create the product that offered that solution herself, which is a really simple but stylish under bust organic cotton band, which wicks away the sweat. Again, she started with the problem first and then created a product that gave the solution. So if you're about to launch a product, before you go any further, I want you to stop and think, what problem is my product solving? So obviously, if you're about to launch a product, this is really easy because you can stop right now and think, what is the problem that my product solves? And if you've already got products that are on the market that you're trying to sell, list out all of the problems that your ideal customer might have and how your products solve that problem. So in Paige's case, she noticed that the problem was larger busted women who sweat under bust. The problems that they have is not only that the sweat shows through their clothes, but it then results in a loss of confidence or it's not comfortable for them. It can stain their clothing. So she had all of these different problems that she knew her product solved. And then her solutions to that problem are that the product keeps the sweat under control. It's moisture wicking. It's discreet. It gives them more confidence. And also it's comfortable to wear and it stays in place. So once you've got this list of problems and how your product is the solution to those problems, you can start to think, how can I talk about these solutions? How am I describing to my ideal customer that I have these solutions to their problem in my marketing, on my website, on the product pages of my website. 
So have a think about how you can articulate the problems that your product solves and how you've got the solution. Keep a whole list of all of these solutions because it's really handy. Next time you're thinking, what am I going to talk about on social media? There you go. You've got all of your solutions that you can talk about that give you themes to create videos around, to create posts around. You're not plucking ideas from thin air because you know what the solutions are that you're talking about. In Paige's case, some of the things she's done, like on her social media, she's found a picture of Britney Spears with a sweaty underbus. So she's demonstrating, here's the problem. People see this and then they see that she's got the solution. Body PH does these underbust bands for people with sweaty underbusts. Now, you might be listening to this and thinking, I can't think of any problems that my product solves and it doesn't offer a solution. Now, I promise you, there will be, you just might need to dig a bit deeper because it might not be instantly obvious. For instance, say you make some form of fashion item, say you are a dress brand, you sell dresses. It may be that your dresses make the wearer feel more attractive. They may make them feel more on trend. I mean, that's what a lot of the fast fashion retailers sell on is the fact that their dresses make people feel more attractive and more on trend because they've got the latest thing. They may be lifting the wearer's mood. They give them more confidence. They make them feel more comfortable. All of that is problem solving. Or it may make them feel more aspirational and like they belong to a tribe. Just by wearing the brand and the label, it's saying, hey, look, I can afford this. Now, that is more difficult for smaller brands to achieve because often it's the big labels that people buy into because of the cachet, the belonging and the aspiration to wear that label. So as a small business, you need to think about what is the wearer feeling, doing or wanting when they buy my product? Is it because the fit is great? So I'm offering something that fits them much better than anything else before. Is it because they feel great because they're doing good because you give a percentage of your profits away to charity? Maybe that's the area that you focus on. Or the ultimate one is that it saves them money. So this is where a lot of people think, well, if I discount the product, then people will feel great because it's saving them money. They're more likely to buy it, which sometimes it is the case. People see a discount and they want to buy it. That's not really an ethical way of selling because it might mean, a bit like the used car salesman, that you're selling them something that they don't really want or need, but they're only buying it because they've saved money. So are there other ways that your product saves them money? Does it save them money because it lasts much longer? So can you describe to them the cost per wear and how your product is an investment and they'll get extended use out of it and therefore saves them money? So if you're listening to this and the title has caught your eye because you think you've got a selling problem, then I want you to go away from today's episode and start to think, how do my products solve my ideal customer's problems? And then take a look at your website, the product pages on your website, the way you're talking to your customers, whether that is social media or through your newsletters or in person. And how are you talking about these solutions that you have for your customers' problems. And then I'd love to hear what it is you put on your list. Drop me an email to kate at makeitbritish.co.uk and tell me how your product solves your customers' problem. And then let me know how you feel about selling your products, knowing that all you're doing in a fair exchange of value is they're giving you money in order for you to provide the solution for their problems. And I hope this has helped. 
Thanks for listening and I'll be back again next week. Bye.